0: Hot sports news, check. Hot takes, check. Hot dudes, check. This is Live from the 8155.
1: in the car so come on let's ride to the liquor store around the corner the boys say they want some gin and juice but i relate really welcome down. back
0: to episode number 20
2: is this 20 it <clears> might <throat> be I, I think i did promise last time that we were going to do something huge for our 20th episode you know sarcastically
0: didn't i say that we were going to interview lebron james
2: <laughs> i thought we said we might have a lot of people on yeah this is episode 20
0: Rad, rad. All right, it's episode twenty. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We got we got some big stuff planned. It rhymes with, it rhymes with LeBron James. It rhymes <laughs> with Barack Obama. Uh, it rhymes with Jesus Christ. All potential, um,
2: interview candidates yeah, for the show. show. It um, really rhymes with Schminterview.
0: Schminterview, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, life is not always fair, you know. Potential doesn't always come together. We don't have any of those three people that I mentioned. So, just, but we have
2: better. We so, have
0: we better than better than LeBron, Barack, or Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I'm so not going
2: to get into Jesus, please, but I can, I can definitively, definitively say is a better interview than LeBron.
0: All right. Well, shots fired <laughs> at LeBron. LeBron, if you want to come on the podcast to discuss. Um, slide in our DMs like you slide into the uh, models' DMs. So
2: <laughs> and uh, porn stars
0: and fail publicly, which has to be the most <laughs> embarrassing thing ever. But well, Drake
2: ago. also did that. So
0: well, I I feel like Drake is better at it than LeBron. Drake, uh, who was Drake just with J Lo? Yeah, uh,
2: but or he also got called out by uh, that porn star. Uh, what's don't her name?
0: Don't act like you don't know her name. <laughs>
2: I really don't, Mila or Mila?
0: Khalifa. Mila
2: Khalifa, sorry, I really forgot or, her name. Or
0: Khalia, but Mila <laughs> Mia Kalia, Mila Khalifa, the, Mia one, that, sounds the right. one that hated right. on Willie Contreras, I hate her so much,
2: but yeah, yeah episode she's 20, on all sorts of athletes, you know? and,
0: and then she tried, oh fuck, who was the guy that she tried for, alright, no no, 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 let's move on, episode 20 everyone, here we are,
2: <laughs> woo, big thing, big show.
0: All right, Cheers. so it's it's Colton and Jake as normal as regular. Um, you know what? We're just gonna run down a few sports. We have um, we have a great guest, probably our our best interview yet. Uh, Gus Kearns from the Screen the Screener podcast taught us a little bit about uh, college basketball since it's starting up today. I, th- I think it started today. I'm not an expert. We should ask. Yeah, Gus. I
2: mean, there's been some uh, there's been some scrimmage games, but it's really getting going. Yeah, I think today, and tomorrow, yeah, this I think, weekend. I
0: think I think today's the first day, but yeah, Gus Kearns was a great interview. Um, he gave us the exact final four, so we're, we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands because we will not have to watch uh, March Madness this year because Gus told us what's gonna happen. So that's- or ever
2: work again because we're putting, putting all, all our, our money, money on, on that, that. So
0: all of my yeah. dollars are going right on that.
2: I mean, that's just the perk of this podcast that you just, you know, you just set yourself up for life. You basically win the lottery if you listen to this podcast. Exactly.
0: So. I'm actually going to go home, steal some money out, out of my mom's purse, and then put that money <coughs> on this. That, that, that's how confident I am.
2: <laughs> I'll let her know that it's for a great cause.
0: Honestly, if I just told her I'm going to go win more yeah. money, I mean, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, right. So, yeah, so I guess, Jay, do, do you want to start off with some Bears Packers preview? This is huge.
2: Um, it it is such a massive game, mostly because it's going to it's actually one of the first times the Packers are not favored in a Bears Packers matchup in a long time. Um, It's also probably one of the most irrelevant games to the rest of the NFL, which is funny. I mean, who who else really cares about the neither of these teams are making the playoffs, but we will have a lot of fun watching. That's for sure. Uh, it's the only game the rest of the year I really want the Packers to win, just for rivalry's sake, and maybe beat the Browns so we're not embarrassed.
0: Honestly, but, if, if the Packers beat the Bears and beat the Browns, all they need to do is win one more game, and then... And we, yeah, I and know, and we play the seven Ravens in the fucking years. Yeah, and then they're 7-6, and, and then, um uh, what's his name, that one guy who plays football? Aaron Rodgers? Oh, yeah. And then he comes yeah. back, and then boom, you, you're 10-6, and six and you go off in the sunset, you win the Super Bowl.
2: That, that is possible, but we had two weeks to plan for the Lions, and fun fact, the Lions did not punt last week. Hmm. Did not punt. So our, our defense, if you, if you ask any uh, Packers fan right now what the problem is, it's Tom Capers, the defensive coordinator. Uh, just a quick fact, he's been here for been the Packers, D coordinator for 10 seasons, the longest tenure in the NFL, by five seasons. <laughs> the second longest defensive coordinator tenure is five years. He is ten years. His his scheme is clearly That's worn out. Much. The Bears have planned against this defense for ten years. Twenty times. This is the twentieth time they've planned they've schemed to beat this defense. It's really not that hard to learn anymore. He's gotta go. Uh,
0: well but it, Well this is the first time that, that they're planning with Um, what people call the future and by people I mean myself Um, and is
2: the future your 1975 1975 NFL offense
0: sure is (laughs) but now now we have Dontrell Inman in the mix apparently he's ready to go he knows all the plays and John Fox (laughs) loves him so take that get ready for Dontrell Inman to like poop on your chest
2: yeah, I mean, he's got to be better than... Who was your Danny McBride? Or, or no, Trey McBride. Danny McBride,
0: <laughs> Danny McBride <laughs> might as well be our tight end. after Your Zach leading Brown receiver was left. Trey
2: McBride the third last week. Yep. Which is, <laughs> I mean, good for him. So yeah, Inman can't hurt. I mean, come on. That, you guys easily have the worst receiving core in the league. But, you know, what's fun is... I think the Bears and Packers match up quite well. Because the only thing the Packers can sort of do is stop the run. But we match up well for this for, to be Trubisky's breakout game. Because, man, is the Packers' pass defense god-awful. So I'd look for Trubisky to throw for over 200 yards for the first time in his career this this week.
0: I um, if, if my boy, my baby boy, uh, breaks <laughs> out this week, I don't care what he does the rest of the year. Um, I'm just gonna smile every time somebody hates him. You know, just be like, yeah, but he put up like, like, and by and by breakout, I mean like 280 and two touchdowns. That's it. Yeah, because
2: all I said was 200 yards, but yeah, I I think he should get 200 yards, but if he he could throw a couple touchdowns this week, which would be give me some tutties,
0: give me some tutties, Mitchell,
2: <laughs> and uh, the Packers <clears throat> need to find out a way to score with Brett Hundley under center, who's just looked looked not good. He He's keeps not. Making, he makes good throws. Every throw he makes is right on the money. But,
0: like, but 89% of his throws open, are, like, a yard. Like yeah, a yard he far.
2: throws them underneath, and uh, that's because there are guys running open downfield. There's a couple pictures from our game versus the Lions where Jordy Nelson's just streaking down the sideline wide open, and Hundley just look, is looking right at the linebacker, was going to get to him in two seconds, and then he looks and looks at the other linebacker that's also not that's blitzing not him, and then he just falls to the ground. So he's got no awareness. He hasn't learned the plays in three years somehow. So he's really struggling. I think that if he loses versus the Bears, I think there's a chance the Packers go with Joe Callahan as their quarterback, who is basically dollar store Brett Favre. Because... In the preseason, he would just scramble around for 10 minutes and just throw 70-yard dots down the field that would be like, you know, five feet over their head and intercepted. But man, he's got a cannon, folks. So I could I could definitely see Hundley getting benched if he doesn't if he doesn't show any improvement.
0: Joe Callahan but. is definitely a name of a uh, Green Bay Packer quarterback, <clears throat> much more than Brent Hundley. Joe Callahan just reminds me of, I don't really know what he looks like or how he looks or like or, or, or like pretty much who he is at all, but just the name itself is the guy who brings a lunch pill day in and day out. He he wears a hard Callahan Auto Callahan Auto Parts Sandusky Ohio. There you know what it's 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 the working man's quarterback. That's what that's what he is. If I was a if I was on the uh, Green Bay Packer PR uh, squad, welcome the working man's quarterback Joe Callahan, and then I would have him physically bring. At, oh hell yes! <laughs> let's go! <laughs> All I right. showed
2: Colton a picture of Joe Callahan, and he looks exact. It's like Colton was describing him while looking at that. The is like,
0: okay, okay. I kind of <laughs> want got a
2: little bit of a gap tooth in between his two front teeth.
0: If he becomes the uh, starting quarterback and the Packers don't run with this exact uh, campaign, then they need to fire their PR team, hire me, and I will sabotage the organization from the inside out. But first, I will be, I will make Joe Callahan. Like, if if you say a quarterback is the is the uh, working man's quarterback, he only has to throw for like 120 yards a game, you know. So true. And then you throw in like a QB sneak in there where he like dives instead of slides, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, that's that's just classic Callahan right there, and everyone's gonna love him. He's basically John Kuhn, but he's a quarterback.
2: <laughs> he basically is, and he is from Wesley College, so perfect. Well known guy. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, Joe Callahan, I'm actually excited for for you to come along here. Um, Well, he
2: threw for 5,000 yards and 55 touchdowns. Only one other quarterback in NCAA Division uh, three history. Only quarterback to throw in Division three history. Five thousand, fifty five touchdowns, which (laughs) 55 touchdowns seems ridiculous in a 12 game season. Holy crap! It's
0: quite a bit. Quite a bit. (laughs) That's like
2: four a game or something. That's but insane. if he
0: if he's as much of a uh, gunslinger as you say, <clears throat> I am actually looking forward to because I see way more goddamn Packer games than Bear games up here in the uh, in in Milwaukee. So
2: see, that's, that's my problem bad. in Rockford is I see all these damn Bear games. But this week we don't have to worry about that. So. Heck
1: yeah, Woohoo!
2: <laughs> and it's funny you look at the TV coverage map. I always do because i being in northern Illinois. It's tough to catch the Packer games sometimes, but. Uh, the Packers, every week so far, have been the national game and, like, all over the map. But now, it's totally local this week. Nobody is getting, only Northern Illinois and Wisconsin are getting this uh, Bears-Packers game. Yeah, so. because
0: nobody cares. It's, it's going to be a quite the game, the old toilet bowl, but Trubisky's going to break out, throw for 250, and and the future starts now. Sunday is the first day <laughs> for the rest of our lives.
2: That that is not a false statement, and uh, the future starts now in Green Bay with Joe Callahan. He's going he's coming in, folks. We're predicting it right now.
0: Working man's quarterback.
2: <laughs>
0: I guess he's the other be the other big NFL story that that uh, came to my mind was last night's Thursday night football game. Russell Wilson got clocked pretty good in the uh, jaw, and then um, sat out one exactly one play, and the cameras caught him in the concussion tent for exactly eight seconds. I think that's hilarious. Um, The I I pretty I'm pretty sure I saw the NFL is going to investigate. But jokes on them because did you know that Russell Wilson has his own brand of concussion water that he drinks? Does he? Yeah, he 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 markets it as a drink to prevent getting concussions. It strengthens your brain. So
2: what a hack. I what, a, what a scammer that guy is. If, oh, my god! I mean,
0: I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure Wilson just went in that tent, chugged some of his uh, concussion water, and came right back out. And he actually had a pretty solid uh, game after he got his non-concussion. So. He
2: had that stupid play. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it, was it was classic Russell Wilson. It, it was just scrambling Russell.
0: and then terrible coverage.
2: Yeah, the guy just fell over, and then Doug Baldwin ran for, like, 40 yards. Unbelievable. I don't know how it always happens. That that ball should be picked off. But, yes, it was funny because, you know, the NFL is pretending to really care about these players' heads. And Russell Wilson gets sent to the sideline, cannot play. Pret- you know, no one even tells him to run to the tent. He runs to the tent on his own power, sits down, gets up and says, I'm fine, I'm ready to go. And he runs right back onto the field. It was... I don't know what the NFL is trying to pull here or who they're trying to trick into thinking, hey, <laughs> you know, we care, but it's not working. You can't trick us,
0: NFL. You hear us? I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell listens to this, but.
2: We're, yeah, we're watching you closely, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so that's that's all the big NFL news. This weekend has a ton of bad games, but to make up for it, NCAA football this weekend is oh. stacked.
2: Unbelievably good. The,
0: these are all the games that are, are going on this week 12 Michigan State at 13 Ohio State, 15 Oklahoma State at 21 Iowa State, uh, 20 Iowa at 8 Wisconsin, 2 Alabama at 16 or, uh, Mississippi State, um, 5 TCU at 6 Oklahoma, 1 Georgia at 10 Auburn. And since I'm talking, I saved the best for last. 3 Notre Dame at 7 Miami. Every single one of those games has playoff um, hopes.
2: Implications.
0: Implications is the word that I couldn't think of. Um, (laughs) That's why
2: I'm here. But uh, Especially, you know, it's funny. The Notre uh, Dame-Wisconsin rivalry, which has never really existed, is really picking up this year. Because uh, they are really fighting out for those last few spots. Because Wisconsin is the only team that might go undefeated and win the Big 10 yet still somehow not make the final four. It is possible for that to happen, although unlikely. You well, would need
0: Well, if Notre Dame wins out and Wisconsin wins out, Notre Dame is 100% getting in over Wisconsin.
2: Yes, but the the fun part about that is Notre Dame has to play a now number 7 Miami, a navy team that Notre Dame always struggles with and a Stanford team it has a nice little rivalry, so and Notre Dame isn't exactly known for closing out the end of college football yeah, season. I know it's
0: it's terrifying.
2: Honestly, yeah, I'm very confident that uh, Notre Dame is going to lose one of these games. I mean, not very confident because they they should win all of them, but I feel like they'll they'll open up a spot for Wisconsin. Well, or at, at least somebody will
0: at Miami, and then um, the game is at Stanford. And Stanford is they were ranked all season. I think they just lost last week, so they. They got bumped out, but Bryce Love, the running back, is a Heisman hopeful, so it's not... He's a freaking beast. He's huge, so it's going to be him versus uh, Josh Allen, but I'm not even thinking about that game, or even Navy, because this um, Notre Dame-Miami game is going to be insane. Honestly, all these games are going to be sweet. Um, Yeah,
2: it's it's going to be be amazing. amazing. I mean, Iowa just just whooped whooped the crap out of Ohio Ohio State. State, like... Nobody saw that coming. Ohio State just played an amazing game versus Penn State, win the game, and then go to Iowa, throw five interceptions, and lose by like tw- three scores.
0: What does like, suck for Wisconsin though is that the TCU Oklahoma game. Whoever wins that game has to lose the next week, because I'm pretty sure that the Big 12 does not have a championship game. So they just they just finish their uh, regular season, and then and then they're in. So. Well, see,
2: the other thing is is Georgia plays, I think Alabama. Correct.
0: If if Georgia and Alabama both win out, they play each other in the championship.
2: No, I think they no. They play each other in to the end, end of season? the season, don't I'm they?
0: Pretty sure, they don't.
2: No. No, 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 they don't. Georgia. No. Yeah, they'll have to play. So one of them is getting a loss as long as Georgia doesn't lose to Auburn this week. So a lot of people are counting Georgia out of it uh, because they have if, a similar schedule like Wisconsin, where they're, they're just beating, beating up teams, teams they should beat.
0: But they have know, much so better drop than Wisconsin does. Far. They actually beat Notre Dame, and they're going to beat Auburn if if they Maybe. win out. And yeah. then um, their only loss would be against Alabama, who's going to be number two. And the committee will definitely put a one-loss Alabama – or a one alabama lost Georgia team in over the Wisconsin teams. Because Wisconsin has, has nothing until right now. They're going to play Iowa. They're going to play Michigan. And then they're um, – Big Ten championship game is going to be hopefully somebody that wins out. That, that
2: well, it'll be too. Ohio State or Penn State, likely. And uh, you know, yeah, that, that doesn't look great, but we are playing the number twenty team, the number twenty-one team, and then we're playing a top, probably a top five, top ten team. You know, um, but Georgia to end and
0: Georgia already has a top three win. They're going to have a top ten win if they beat Auburn, and then they're going to play. Potentially the best team in college football, other than themselves. I think a one-loss Georgia team or a one-loss Alabama team, if if it's to each other, are both going to get in over Wisconsin. Wisconsin needs some losses.
2: Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's, but yes, they do. They need at least one of those, one of the four teams that are in currently to to lose a game. You know, to lose a game. Period. I mean, uh, they'll likely jump Oklahoma if they win out who's ahead of them still, and they'll likely jump, I mean, Oklahoma and TCU, they're likely going to jump one of them this week, when whoever loses, however fair that may be, if Wisconsin beats Iowa, they'll likely jump up to, uh, either five or six, depending, and um, likely likely six, and then they just got to wait out, one of those four teams has got to lose the game, so, they need two Wisconsin, in the top
0: five to lose there, uh,
2: depending, because, uh, even if, uh, Oklahoma does have, a, or let's say uh, TCU wins, beats Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma beats TCU. They have, they both have a loss on their schedule already, and um, you know, so that, that would that would look kindly, especially because uh, they don't play a game. You know, they'll be sitting at, say, Oklahoma sitting at four, and Wisconsin sitting at five, and then Wisconsin goes and plays Ohio State, while Oklahoma doesn't do anything. There's a good chance they just take Wisconsin and jump them,
0: but, you know. but but Oklahoma has has already beat Ohio State.
2: Oh, I know, but it, it's recency bias. I mean, what happens this week? The, you know, the
0: committee actually has is not too recency biased. They they showed that last year cause, because Penn State made made their late run and beat all those teams late, and 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 they were out of it last year.
2: True, true, and I, I, you know, it's just it tends to be. Uh, the team, if you win a, a national or a, yeah, a conference championship, you tend to move up in the rankings. I mean, Oklahoma, yes, they have beaten some good teams and they have a good schedule, but uh, winning a conference championship can can definitely be an argument for Wisconsin, especially if Wisconsin does not lose all year. That's that's just something that uh, doesn't happen very often. If, if they get left out, that'll be quite the uproar. I mean, because that, that's a real statement against the Big Ten, saying Big Ten competition is really that bad. When I think people are realizing that teams like Iowa and Northwestern aren't actually just garbage teams, you know? These I'm aren't just saying, garbage wins.
0: It happened last year. Penn State made their run. They made a, a huge Big Ten run. It seems like the committee values quality wins over a record. But I, I guess, I I guess we'll have to find out. But, this but Penn State it was not started.
2: undefeated, was the only thing.
0: But this, this weekend's definitely going to start it up, so that's that's ex- pretty exciting stuff. But we can head over to the NBA, where uh, the Bucks finally get a big move here, which is which is pretty cool.
2: Very exciting they, for us Bucks fans.
0: They trade um, Greg Monroe a first and a second rounder for Eric Bledsoe from the uh, Phoenix Suns, Arizona Phoenix Suns, Arizona Suns. I don't really know that.
2: It would be the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the old but, Phoenix uh, yeah. Suns. yeah. The, the Bucks finally have another playmaker. I mean, we've been waiting for – they've been playing real half ass all year. Giannis is just trying to carry this team under five hundred record. Lost and fun, fun stat, if you take our offensive differential or our offensive scoring differential, it's a pretty important stat a lot of people look at. When Giannis is on the floor, we are number four in the NBA. You want to take a guess where we are when Giannis is not on the floor? I'm going to go last. Yes, last, correct. We are dead last by a lot. So this, I think this will help that. You know, like Giannis doesn't have to be out there. A team with Bledsoe, Middleton out there, you know, those two should be able to work off each other and score. You know, so this should help those rotations a lot. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to rely on just Giannis.
0: It's definitely another score that's going to help. If we can, um, if, oh, excuse me. If Jabari can come back and score the way that he was scoring last year before his uh, injury, or even score like 80% of it, that, mm-hmm. that gives you a fourth score for the uh, stretch run with um, Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe, and now Parker, which is way more options than we have right now. Middleton's not playing well. Um, Giannis is doing everything a human can do to even keep us in games. So having a guy who can score on his own and doesn't need a, a system or anything is definitely going to Definitely gonna help out. Um just having
2: four guys in general that can score twenty in a game, can average twenty a game, four guys who could score forty in a game, you know, at any point is yeah. is seems like it's the what you want, you know. It's a the problem is it left a huge hole at center for us. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I mean, we never really had a like Monroe wasn't like a huge answer at center anyway. Our center concerns have always been huge. I think if we can throw out a second-round pick and get Okafer from Philly, I'm not oh, going to— I
2: would love that. I've heard a lot of rumors about that. That would be perfect. I think Greg Monroe's value to us was a little underrated because he was the only guy who could do it. Yes, Don was the starter, is the starter, but that's really—I don't know. We send him out there for the first 15 minutes of every game, and then maybe he comes in a couple minutes later in the game, but that's usually it. We just let him start the game, and then he's done. So we're just really trying to develop him. He's clearly not ready to be an NBA center because anybody who tries to push him out of the way is very successful at doing just that. So uh, we, I think we need a big body, and Jaleel Okafor would fit that perfectly. But I've also heard the Bulls are interested in training for him. So. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's a Chicago boy, so.
2: Everyone's a Chicago boy. So is Jabari.
0: What so. that is our uh, basketball talk, and... For a little more basketball talk, we can kick it over to our interview with Gus Kearns from the Screen, the Screener podcast. Um, according to him, we had some great questions, which made me feel so good about myself. I yeah, love this
2: it. guy knows a lot about college basketball. We, we're not very well-versed, at least this early in the college season. But if you guys want to know something about college basketball, listen to this interview and then go check out their podcast because he knows his stuff.
0: Yeah, he knew a ton of... He knew more about Vermont's team than I knew about Illinois, and I'm an Illinois fan.
2: (laughs) Seriously. Vermont. He's not a Vermont Vermont. guy.
0: No, he he has no association with Vermont that I know of, but the guy knows his stuff. So here is our interview with Gus Kearns. Woo! All right, we now welcome on um, a special guest who is going to teach us a little bit more about college basketball than uh, me and Jake already know. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Screen the Screener podcast on iTunes, Gus Kearns. All right. Woo. We, we have a live studio audience who's going to welcome you on here. Yeah. Which is also just uh, me and Jake. Jake. Uh, thanks, Jake. Thanks, Colt. Thanks for having me on. Uh, totally appreciate any college hoop chatter that we can get rolling. Perfect. All right, Jake. Do you want, do you want to start us off then?
2: Yeah, for uh, all of our listeners, including myself, that don't aren't prepared for this college basketball season coming up because we don't know our stuff. Um, we're in the midwestern area. Can you give me a little preview of how the Big Ten Conference uh, stacks up with the rest of you know the rest of the country this year, and in specifically Wisconsin, and then the teams at the top such as Michigan State and Purdue. What do you think? Yeah, sure. That, uh, good. The way I I
3: look at the Big Ten is I think that there's a couple of tiers, right? I think the first tier is Michigan State just kind of all by themselves. I think if you're making a Final Four or uh, trying to pick a national champion, I I believe that Michigan State and the Spartans have to be in that conversation and have to be one of the elements that you're talking about. So I think Michigan State, with what they have coming back, the class of sophomores led by Bridges, there's no doubt that they're going to be atop there. But then the next tier is really Interesting. The next year can include Minnesota, Minnesota. The next year can include Purdue. You can throw Northwestern in that next year. You know, if you're a Beeline guy, of course you can throw Michigan in there. So I think the next year could get really crowded, and I think that all of those teams are going to have a say in March and have a run for second place. And maybe if Michigan State falters and one of the, and those teams get a couple of road wins, I don't see why maybe mid season. You wouldn't see one of those teams just a game behind Michigan State with a little pressure applied. And you asked about Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin has one of the best players in the country. He's He's a monster on both ends. I love his efficiency on the offensive end, but he's totally underrated defensively. And If you remember in March last year, he basically put them in that Sweet 16 game with his defensive effort. So you love his attention on both sides of the floor. I think the question mark for Wisconsin is, who's going to fill that perimeter scoring? I mean, we loved, uh, we loved Nigel Hayes last year and, and Broncos Canning, of course, but who's going to take those shots? Who's going to have that ball-handling responsibility? I think those question marks put Wisconsin in the tier below uh, and maybe knocking on the door. If they can answer some of those questions, I, I, I would put them in that tier with Minnesota and Purdue and Michigan and Northwestern, but until we know exactly what they're getting themselves into in the backcourt as far as those shot-makers – I think we have to just put them a
2: tier down. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned Ethan Happ's efficiency. Uh, fun fact, and this is a fact, at his car- in his career at Wisconsin, he has only attempted five shots outside of the paint. So, yes, he is, uh, he is efficient, but he does not shoot the ball whatsoever. That's actually amazing. I just saw that. that he Five times outside of the small paint area, that's it. So, that's my question. And, oh, yeah, yeah moving, moving forward with Hap
3: and his game, I think if he's going to take the next step as, you know, getting his name on NBA radars, his game totally has to expand. I mean, you can't just be a one-strict pony to make an NBA team. You have to be multi-skilled, and you do have to have, like, an NBA skill. His NBA skill just might be on the defensive side. But I have a feeling that Hap is going to take some of that responsibility of outside scoring. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a little extended elbow play for him and let him operate in that open space. I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a couple of threes this year. I think that outside game will get expanded because who else is going to take these shots for Wisconsin? I mean, that's the question that we
2: came to. But I think Hat will take some of those shots. Well, that'll be fun to watch.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, since we're talking about the uh, Big Ten, um, I grew up as an Illinois fan. And now that Brett Underwood is uh, in charge there in Champaign, it seems like he's actually getting some, some big um, recruits, and they finally land a top Chicago talent. Is is this a sign of uh, more to come for Brett Underwood at, at U of I, or are the uh, Chicago boys still going to go and consider schools like Duke and uh, Michigan State over U of I? You know, it's a
3: great question, and I think this question that you pose brings us to the overall cloud that's surrounding the sport that we love, college basketball, and because of Brad Underwood's kind of loosey-goosey connection to the FBI investigation with Oklahoma State uh, assistant coaches being involved, I I I think that, I don't know if we have an answer. How's that? Okay. What I do know is that the guy can recruit, the guy can get players. Jawan Evans went to the NBA last year. Jeffrey Carroll uh, is probably going to be on NBA radars as far as uh, a second round or maybe a late first round pick this year, you know, those Oklahoma State players. So the guy can bring in players, and we know from his Stephen F. Austin days, the man can coach. I mean, if you remember that upset of West Virginia uh, with the tiffin, the guy can do it on X's and O's and recruiting. So big picture, does Brad Underwood have uh, Illinois f- facing back in the right direction after a couple of down years? Yeah, absolutely. Are they going to recapture that like finals game uh, You know where they had uh, Williams and Steve um, Brown and they made the finals against UNC and came up just short? No, but I think having Brad Underwood was an automatic hire. I think if you have the opportunity to hire him as your college basketball coach to run your program, it's an automatic, you don't even think twice about it, just because of the success he's had in multiple spots, and the amount of successful players that he's put on, and will put on to the NBA. So I think, you know, Underwood, X's and O's, check. Recruiting, check. Uh, cloudiness with a connection to the FBI, uh, that's where I have my question
0: mark. All right, well, that's that's cool. definitely better than uh, what we've had in the past, so I'll I'll take FBI cloudiness over uh, pretty much what we've had the last few years, so we'll take that. Oh, I, I think so. And I think they're going to be heading the right direction this particular year. I mean,
3: you have a whole bunch of new players. I mean, you have almost, what, like eight or nine new players via transfer or freshman. So he's going to earn his money this first season uh, with the Illini, integrating all of that talent and trying to get them all on the same page. And you know the one thing that Brad Underwood will do? He will get those guys to play defense. So if you're an Illini fan, I think that's the one place to put your attention is pay attention
0: to the defensive end. I bet they make some changes and some improvements there. Perfect.
2: Yeah, it seems like all of college basketball is clouded in FBI, uh, you know, investigations nowadays. Anyway, so you get lucky with what you can get. But uh, now we're just we've talked about our two favorite teams. We're wondering what you, what team do you root for uh, all year long, and who do you who do you follow? Who are your and who are your sleepers? Uh, well, if we're just
3: gonna go fandom here. Um I just recently told a story on our own podcast, the Screen to Screener podcast, of like, you know, when did you get hooked? What caught your attention? And like, why do you love this sport? And the story just goes like this Uh, Growing up from first grade to eighth grade, my CYO uniform was Carolina Blue. So every time I saw that team on the TV, I thought, hey, there's my team. That's the team that I play for. That's the team that I root for. And lo and behold, what do I get to watch? I get to watch a Jordan run to the final game and Mm then defeating Georgetown. I buy the Converse weapons that come in uh, Carolina blue. I'm a Carolina guy. Uh, However, I am deeply, deeply invested in Gonzaga. Uh, I I followed Gonzaga last year, picked for my Final Four preseason, and they didn't let me down. So I'm a Gonzaga guy, a little bit at heart, too. And, uh, yeah, that's where my allegiances lie. But, I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, I'm just a basketball vagabond junkie that will watch any game, any time it's on. It doesn't matter who's playing. I just love to watch the season athletes compete, and I
2: love to watch the coaches do what they do. Well, yeah, college basketball will always produce great games, no matter who's on the court. So, Oh, without that's... a question. Uh, and then the second part of your question, uh,
3: as far as you know, what are we looking for for this particular season, I mean, you know, not to harp on it, but I think some of the top teams that you might include in your, I don't know, preseason top five or your final four picks, or maybe even, like, your sleeper teams or something along those lines. A lot of those teams are connected to this investigation, so there's just too much uncertainty to, like, put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, if we're just going to talk Arizona, uh, USC. You know, we mentioned uh, Oklahoma State. Um, Like, those teams are top ten. I mean, Louisville, look what happened to them. These are traditional powers that you would pick to do something big in March. So I think this year, I think this year, you're going to hear a whole bunch of off the radar picks, a whole bunch of the off the radar uh, predictions. Uh, I, I think this is the year where, um, due to the uncertainty, I, I think this is where you can get a little creative. I think you can be a little artistic with uh, who you're going to predict to have uh, further success uh, in the conference, and then also
2: that, uh, when we get down to March. All right, all right.
0: So back to um, recruiting a little bit. It always seems like. Um, Coach K has a Grayson Allen type player that um, aggravates people and the kind of guy that you just want to punch in the face, does he do that on purpose or, or is it just the culture that, that somebody has to embrace if you have a, a Grayson Allen talent that he knows he can play the villain pretty well? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Well, I think this comes into like
3: the overarching like, beauty of sports. And there's always going to be heroes and villains. There's always going to be polarizing players and teams. Um, let's just pull some of the big ones, right? Let's go Cowboys for the NFL. You either love them or you hate them, right? You love to see them win, or you hate to see, uh, or you love to see them lose. Uh, we can go Yankees. I mean, you either deeply are embedded in the Yankees and are a guilty Yankees fan, or you just can't wait to see them lose each year. Uh, let's go football. You can go Notre Dame or USC. Uh, or even uh, Alabama at this point, like you're either really invested or you want to see them lose. And I think Duke falls into that category. I think you're either a Dukie and you're pulling hard for them or you're one of these guys that it's just like, ah, Duke again? Ah, I hope they lose. That's me. And it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that they have a player like Grayson Allen that does things that don't endear him on the court to other student athletes that can make you hate them a little bit further and bring you to that next level of disdain.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing where I hate him so much, but I have to respect him because I love a good villain. Watching a movie or a show or, or like even in sports, a good villain makes everything better, and Grayson Allen definitely fits that for college basketball.
3: And let, let, let's not undersell the point of, of Grayson Allen as a whole, right? If we just hit the rewind button on Grayson Allen last year, people were predicting him to be player of the year nationally, not just player of the year in the conference. So he's a name that everybody knows, so the one part that I do appreciate about Grayson Allen and Duke for this matter is that, guess what? The, the casual sports fan is now going to pay attention to college basketball, wh- whether it be because they're rooting for Duke or because they want to see who is this Grayson Allen guy. Is he really this much of a, a knucklehead? Um, is he going to get it straight? So I think his name recognition, and it's the same thing with Miles Bridges. Thank goodness he came back too. I think those name recognition guys – are going to bring more casual fans to the game that we love. So I, I appreciate that part about Grayson Allen and his game and what he brings to the college basketball game, this particular
2: 2017-2018 season. Duke does love to fill that Christian Leitner role every year, no matter who it is. Uh, speaking of the player yep, of the year, thinking Grayson Allen. Who Reddick are J.J. in there. Yeah. yeah, they've had it for years. They always have that most hated, scrappy player. Um, now we're talking player of the year. Uh, you said Grayson Allen was a possible candidate last year. Some people think he's a candidate this year. Who are your uh, early picks? And maybe guys we haven't heard of. You know, you're a North Carolina guy, so Joel Berry looks real good. You know, this year to take it. He's my favorite. Oh sure. You gotta
3: you gotta love that Berry broke his hand because he was playing his teammate Theo Pinson in NBA 2K and then yeah. punch the wall. I mean, you got to love the competitiveness about like a like a, a video basketball game. Uh, so as much as I'm kind of sorry that we're not going to see him early in the season, I kind of think it might be a blessing for North Carolina uh, in disguise. They might give uh, some of their other backcourt guys that don't have a ton of exposure a little bit more experience. So I think down the line, giving them some important minutes in games that they think are gonna they're, they're going to wrap up and win and then bring Barry into the mix later, I think that's going to help tremendously. But back to your original question of, like, hey, who do we think is going to be player of the year? Uh, kind of like the, the first part of our conversation. Uh, I think if you're not starting this list with Miles Bridges, you're not. the list doesn't exist. Like, a list is not a list without Miles Bridges uh, for player of the year. Uh, I think you have to include a fellow ACC, uh, Barney Coulton. I, I think the guy's unbelievably efficient. He's positionless. To be honest, Bonzi Colson kind of reminds me of the college Draymond Green. Like, you can play him at any position, and he's going to do whatever you ask him at that position. I really love Colson. Uh, And a couple of other guys that I think maybe aren't going to be in the running for player of the year, but I think will find their way on a first, second, or third team All-American team. How about Trayvon Blewett from Xavier? What's wrong with him bringing back like a a senior swingman? That put up like 75 points and balled out in the tournament last year, and just missed making the uh, final four, losing to Gonzaga. And you're going to bring that guy back with a whole bunch of help, and Cure and Goodwin, uh, and a great coach and Coach Mack. I think Blewett is an under the radar All American guy that you can pay attention to. And how about how about double double machine Angel Delgado from season Hall? Are we going to forget the numbers that he put up last year? His numbers were so similar to Biggie Swanigan's numbers, it was scary. But it seemed like Biggie got more player of the year conversation towards his direction. And I think Angel Delgado is going to absorb all of that conversation that's going to be pointed in his direction. And how about a couple of under the radar guys? Uh, how about Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie? The guy's going to put up sick numbers. If the Bonnies can make the tournament this year and have a good run in the A10, I think Jalen Adams is going to be a name that's on people's list. And how about Alizé Johnson from Missouri State and the Valley? Woo-hoo. That guy's going to average a double-double this year and put up big numbers. Pay attention to Alizé Johnson, Missouri State, and the Valley. Somebody's got to win that tournament now that Wichita, Wichita State is out. Missouri State just maybe that team.
0: Ooh, all right. Well, the master of, seg- of uh, segues. Speaking of, of Wichita State, wow, we are so good at this. Are yeah, there any wow. small Wichita State-type schools that will um, – <clears throat> excuse me, that will make a run or that is uh, set up to uh, do some damage this year? All right. This, this, this question is like completely in my wheelhouse, and I got three
3: teams for you guys right now. Perfect. One, Nevada. Nevada has unbelievable talent on their roster. Uh, does Coach Muscleman need to integrate it and get all of those guys on the same page because he's brought in a ton of transfers? Uh, He has a couple of impact freshmen, and he's bringing one of his key players back in off suspension and injury. So he has to get all of this talent on the same page. But I think Nevada has the stud in Jordan Caroline to make the difference, and they have ball handlers all over the floor. And another thing about Nevada is every single person they're going to put on the floor has length. So they're going to do a whole bunch of switching on defense, and they're going to be this positionless basketball that uh, the NBA really craves. So I think Nevada – Team 1 to keep an eye on. If we're going to go back to the East Coast, I think you got to pay attention to Vermont. Now, you think Vermont, like, oh, okay, yeah, they made the tournament last year. They played Purdue really well in the first round of the tournament. They gave them everything they could handle. but And they were undefeated in the American last year. Went 16-0, which is kind of ridiculous. But guess what? They bring, like, everybody back. They bring back their excellent point guard, Trey Haynes. He's going to be, uh, you know, all-conference and be one of the best point guards you never heard of in the whole entire country this year. And the guy I really love for Vermont is Anthony Lamb. Keep an eye on this guy. He was the American East 20 MVP last year and blew up and average 20 points a game in the tournament and then put up another 20 against Biggie Swanigan and Purdue in the tournament. This guy's going to have a gigantic jump here. Keep your eye on Anthony Lamb. And I think another team that I really love, and they have a history of upsetting in March, so the name's going to sound familiar, Florida Gulf Coast. They have an absolute stud. And Goodwin, at the point guard, he does everything for them. Book him as player of the year in the conference for sure. And then they have a whole bunch of bigs that can rotate in. And they have the lifer, the ball handler, the guy they can trust, that can shoot from the outside, Christian Terrell, who can run a little point too. And keep an eye on their bigs. I think Simmons, I think Gilmore. You need a required big to make a run in March, and they have multiple required bigs. And keep an eye on Ricky Doyle. Ricky Doyle is a transfer from Michigan that is eligible this year for Florida Gulf Coast. He's going to put up monster numbers in conference, and he's going to surprise people along the way getting to conference play. So my three are Nevada,
2: Vermont, Florida Gulf Coast. Keep an eye on those smaller schools. All right. We'll get a good look at Vermont on Sunday, too. I I believe they play Kentucky, number five ranked Kentucky. So that'll be a good test right off the bat for them. Uh, that's all the questions no, I, I have I think Cole. they're looking forward to it, and I don't think they'll—I don't think they'll be intimidated by Ruff. I think they'll play really well the first half, and maybe you know Kentucky's length
0: and, and and overall athletic talent will take over in the second half. But I think Vermont will be live. All right. Yeah, that's that's all I have too. So I guess the only thing left to ask is, um, me and Jake uh, don't have that much money, so we need to win money. So we need to know who's going to win in March. Who is your? Or what is your national championship matchup, and who do you have taking it all this year? A
3: great question. I don't have a national championship game for you, but you know what I will give you? I will give you the final four that I have. Okay. Uh, I'll break it, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break that down when we get a little bit closer, but um, much like uh, some of the other conversations that we had, uh, if you're not putting Michigan State in your final four, you're, you're just going a little too far off the map, and you're trying to be a little bit too creative. I think you have to put Michigan State in there with what they have coming back. They have a possible player of the year in Bridges. Uh, Winston is an excellent point guard who plays at his own pace. think and Kyle Anderson from UCLA, uh, or Monte Morris even last year of Iowa State, he, he does his own thing. He's, he's a little bit of a, a musician or an artist the point guard position. So I think Michigan State, with Ward inside and their freshman Jackson coming in, I think you have to put them in your Final Four. So we'll start there. And, you know, why not stay in the Big Ten? I love Purdue this year. I think Purdue is going to absolutely surprise people. I know that we're going with, like, hey, didn't they just lose, like, one of the best players in the nation last year in in, in Big E? Yeah, of course they did. But guess what they have coming back? They have Carson Edwards, who can can run the point. They got uh, Vincent Edwards, who's a little bit of a do-everything guy, Swiss Army Knife on the wing they got Haas, who's your required big inside, and they have shooters all around the court that can shoot 40%, and you know that is going to get them to defend. I kind of like Purdue as a sneaky Final Four pick. Next Final Four, how about Notre Dame? you got to pick somebody from the ACC, right? And, you know, we talked about how much we uh, Duke is, like, this polarizing team. I was kind of leaning Duke just because they have so much freshman talent coming in and, and Allen is reviewing. But, you know what, I went Notre Dame. If you're going to have Bonte Colson do his thing and Matt Fowler on the point, T.J. Uh, Gibbs, I think, is going to make a big jump this year. If they can find some valuable minutes on the post, I think Notre Dame is really dangerous. And you know what? Xavier is my final, final four team. I think Chris Mack and that program get over the hump, make the final four. He gets that monkey off his back. Trayvon Blewett carries him, drags them and does everything possible. He's going to have like one of those memorable-type performances this season. I can see him dragging Xavier to the final four. So, Purdue, Michigan State, Notre
0: Dame, Xavier. Beautiful. All right, well, I'm going to put huge money on that and help pay off my my student loans. So, I want to thank you (laughs) um, in advance for making me a a very rich man. Hey,
3: even if you just get back to, you know, square one, as far as your student loans, I think that's a win. So, I'm happy to help out in any way, guys, for sure.
0: That's a huge win. All right. Well, you guys can follow Gus at his Twitter at CKerns12. Or you just... Just go smash the uh, subscribe button for the Screen the Screener podcast on iTunes. Um, Gus, thank you so much for coming on. We'll we'll definitely have you on as uh, as uh, March gets closer, and you can uh, tell us all about the tournament.
3: Uh, that sounds great. Love to catch up to you guys later on in the season. That sounds perfect. You got to keep doing your good work, and thank you so much for having us on and uh, continue the good conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Gus. Have a good one, man. Thanks, Gus. Cheers. All right, so that was um, our interview with Gus Kearns. That was huge. Um, he He's going to make us rich with our Notre Dame-Xavier-Michigan-State-Purdue Final Four. So, big thank you to Gus, and go check out the screen the screener podcast on iTunes right frickin' now. But, to end the show, like we always do, we're going to do a, a little Game of Thrones talk. Um, uh, for those of you who are currently watching Game of Thrones, or have never seen it, but you're planning on seeing it, um, just end it, end it end the podcast now, you know? Um, we're going to follow us. Yeah, we always us. like
2: to finish with this, so you're not forced to skip in our podcast. If you just don't want to hear Game of Thrones talk, and if you haven't seen it, and you're like, ah, I'm probably not going to watch it, don't listen to the spoilers. It's not worth it. Because I thought, two years ago, you would have asked me, are you ever going to watch Game of Thrones? I'd say, hell no. Why would I do that? You hey, know, hell no. That's so much. I don't have time for that. Wrong. I, I'm so wrong. <laughs> it's so worth it.
0: So, um, if you are one of those people and end this podcast now, go follow us at back of QB Underscore Blog on Twitter. Go on Facebook. Subscribe. Write review. All that stuff. But here we go. Thrones talk. Jake, where are you at?
2: I am in near the end of season five. I I just watched episode seven, so I've eight, nine, and ten or. Yes, eight, nine, and ten still actually. So three episodes left. Jake, uh, I, I heard it's getting crazy, but uh, yeah, basically, uh, Sansa just saw Reek for the first time. Um, it was super awkward. I don't know what's gonna happen with. I hate, I hate those people so much. Uh, Ramsey? what you would call? It. The yeah, Boltons? Ram- the Boltons, all the Boltons. His dad told him a little story about how he like. How he was born and how he, he like raped a, a woman. And then he was born and he almost had, the, I think he had the woman hung or something. You know, just yeah. terrible dude. The Boltons suck. They need to fall. I'm hoping that um, Stannis Baratheon could get, they're coming for him. So I'm excited for that little battle. I'm nervous for that battle, but uh, I'm hoping Stannis just wipes out all of, all of the Boltons except sure. Sansa is okay.
0: I am. I'm in the middle of season six right now. Um, Jake, your your next three episodes are the biggest episodes to date that 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 you have seen. So really, <clears throat> oh, so much happens. So many big storylines are changed or confirmed, and it's <laughs> it's it's so cool. So I that's le- that's literally all I can say right now. Um, cuz I don't want to spoil anything for you.
2: So you're saying it's it's bigger than the red wedding?
0: Um yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's, That's exciting. exciting.
0: I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a ballsy guy, man. I have balls and I here they are. I'm ballsy. I'm saying it.
2: <laughs> and you're in uh where are you? Middle of season middle 6, Middle of already?
0: season 6. Um I went on a little bender last few days, so <laughs> uh it's there were,
2: a game of thrones better not a drinking time not
0: a not a drinking but i drank a little after watching it because i, I <laughs> needed to
2: jesus <laughs> there, i'm so excited So
0: shoot me a text for those of you who have seen it i do a little season recap of my thoughts and i watched season four or five in the middle of six in like a two-day span so i'm writing season five recap i just i just finished the season four recap put that up today go check it out on the backup quarterback.org blog um it's holy balls man holy (laughs) balls that's i i wish we could say more but i it's you are at the point right now where you are gonna it's gonna change a lot
2: yeah i'm super excited yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna finish season five probably this weekend so i can talk about it next (laughs) because now i'm all pumped up about it
0: oh all right well that is the show thank you again for um us current for the interview great interview we will catch you guys on the flippity flop go check out our blog and all that stuff rate review subscribe um bear down go bears 4 and 5
2: go oh, paco i mean who cares really us Packer fans are all just sad at this point
0: <laughs> yeah that's i i keep telling brock that is how i've been pretty much since the nfc championship game that color Suffered the, the worst injury ever. So
2: <laughs> yeah, and this will be the first time ever that we have like a draft pick that's worth like, oh, you know, this isn't just the scratch of or,
0: or trade down or something, something stupid.
2: Yeah, or we'll take a, a left and right tackle, and I'll just be or a D tackle. That's all we ever take. So whatever.
0: <laughs> all right, we'll cut you guys um, around. How about that? So I love, I love you all. Thank you. Um, pay your taxes. Call your mother. That's all I got.
2: Wear your seatbelt.
0: Wear your seatbelt. you right here first.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the ape wonder of the world. The flow of the century, oh, it's timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. H uh. to is o. To the Izane, shizzle my Nizzle used to dribble down in VA Was herding them in the home of the Turpins, got it dirt cheap with them Plus, if they were short with cheese, I would work with them Bored and we got rid of that dirt for them Wasn't born hustlers, I was birthing them H to the Izzo, V to the Izane cheesy my easy, keep my arms so breezy Can't leave rap alone, the game needs me Haters want me clapped, they chrome, it ain't easy Cops want to knock me, DA want to box me in, but somehow, I beat them charges like Rocky. H to the Izzo, B to the Izzo, not guilty, he who does not feel me, is not real to me, therefore he doesn't exist, so poof, that move, son of a bitch. H to the Izzo, B to the a. With shizzle, my nizzle, used to dribble down in VA. H to the Izzo, B to the a. that's the anthem, get your damn hands. Y'all got to feel me H yeah. to yeah. the ISO, V to the, yeah. the Izzo yeah.